the window had been busted out and our gear, part of our gear had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm sitting there kind of by myself, like waiting for my manners. And, and the mirrors, like they, the mirrors kind of like spin open like 90 degrees, like they kind of rotate open. And all these women in sexy lingerie can come walking out from behind the mirrors. I'm just well, going to throw this out there that it almost sounded like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene. Just when I parted ways with monuments and so it was a really, really desperate time of my life. At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us and was like, yeah, this is my last show. So, like, basically back to the beast era. Dealing with this alcohol intake and we're at a Christian festival and we're supposed to be a Christian band. I was kind of like, man, this, this sucks. This is not a good look. Welcome back to Dark Side of the Scene. I'm Ed. I'm, I'm Brandon. <laughs> that countdown music's funny. I could picture some guy like dry humping a chair. I don't know if anybody could see that whole countdown. The music. Just confused everyone from the beginning. I'm Ed. You're right. Sure. <laughs> Roll reversals tonight. Another, another Wednesday night. Yeah. Wacky yeah. Wednesday. Wacky Wednesday here at Dark Side of the Scene. Yeah. Well, well, how's your week been? It's all right. Um, we got our cat surgery, so we're just kind of hanging out with her, making sure she's like not licking herself. She's actually acting pretty normal until we drug her up. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's like almost like nothing happened aside from her missing some fur and looking all stone when we <laughs> give her a shit. It sucks because we had to keep her isolated in a room from the other cat, but. Yeah, it's better. I'm sure. What? As I'm sure she doesn't enjoy uh, not being able to do anything. No, she's a wild one like me. She's going to have a scar like me, too. Right on her stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother dark right. side. <laughs> well, got anything to band-related? Not really. Not this week. What about you? Well, since I don't have a band, I don't have anything band-related. <laughs> But uh, I did see something someone posted. It kind of ruffled my feathers just because I think it's kind of stupid to say some of the things that people say. But Sure. You've heard the old additive or adjective or whatever the fuck the term is of if you're a band, you're a business, so you need to make yourself a legit business. Go get yourself an LLC license and all this other stuff. I was like, I mean... I guess if you're out here making money, which I think most local bands don't make a whole lot of money unless you're a cover band or a country band or something like that. But if that's the case, I don't think this is the context of what they're talking about, but the guy was talking how bands should uh, market themselves as that, make sure they don't play anyone's shows unless there's a guaranteed amount of money. And know your worth, and this yeah, it's all good, good advice. But if you're a local band, especially in this type of market, especially towards metal bands, can you really market yourself to be like, yeah, we won't play this show unless we're guaranteed five hundred dollars? Nope. I mean, I'm speaking <laughs> for myself. Nope. 
you just take the show as you can. I mean, I would completely understand if we had to drive like really far and be like, we need a guarantee or something. But what if like that venue is just like the same mom and pop venue that their local bands play? Why would you think they're going to pay you more because you're coming out there? Unless you're somebody big. Like, I don't see anybody yeah. giving us a lot of... Unless you're bringing 200 to 300 people to a local yeah. show just on your name alone, I don't think bands should be asking for big guarantees. Like, if you play a local show and there's a door split, accept the fact you're getting a door split because yeah. half the time you don't get anything. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying in general, like, be happy that you get something. Yeah, we're not in the so. position to ask for that, especially nowadays. Uncle Corey, I mean, nephew Corey. What's up, Corey? Um, yeah, we're not in the position to ask for any kind of money like that. Nobody is. And again, like I said, we're not in those days anymore at all. Oh, God. I mean, some of it's better. Sometimes we're not playing till like, fucking one in the morning or something. Or, you know, like, I lost my train of thought. But, yeah, like... We'll never be that kind of band to ask unless it's like you can't be asking for all sorts of money when we're making shit. You're struggling to get people in the door. I mean, you can ask for it; it doesn't mean you're going to get it, right? And we shouldn't be upset. But bands shouldn't also get stiffed. That is true, though. It's it's no, really I, hard. I don't think bands. Yeah, I think bands should be getting paid one way or the other. But at the same time, it's like don't come to a show and demand two hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, or whatever the hell you think you're worth because. You're not going to get it. And then all that does is you demand that money and no one shows up. Who's out that money? And if you don't get that money from the venue, then you have a contract. They're guaranteed to give you that money. How does that work? You going to sue them? going to go to small claims court because you didn't draw enough people in there to get your money? Martha's bar didn't give me what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it. yeah, it's... Yeah, I couldn't... Like, for my band, I couldn't see us, like be a business because you know we're losing money as it is half the time so there was a local band and i don't know if i mentioned this before there was a there was a local band that was called in the face of war a lot of people probably know them if they're from around indiana especially the hardcore scene because they were popular 20 years ago yeah. and they were a band up until probably about 11 or so years ago, maybe. Anyways, I would always make sure I gave them the most money because everyone knew who they were, and they did bring most of the crowd. And then I had another local band that wanted more money than they did. I gave them like 75 bucks, and then this other local band asked for 150 I said, why would I pay the band half, the band that actually brought all the people half of what you guys are asking <laughs> for? That makes zero sense to me. So I told them no. I was like, I will try and pay everyone equally. But I always made sure to give Itfo a little bit more just because I knew they were drawing in, like, the people. Right. And if they're so. decent drawing and they have to drive further, you know, they should get a little more. Just not for the inconvenience, yeah. but just to, like, as a thank you, you know, thanks for driving up. Here. Oh, look, Bram, brothers. <laughs> he showed up. He showed up. Yeah. What up, Bram? Brothers. <laughs> Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Good rant. I hope you're keeping it, Christ. Yes, absolutely. Always. He's with us. 
He takes the wheel often, especially for this flagship of a podcast. <laughs> Steers us in the right directions. Yeah. But no, um, that was just my little thing that I noticed. Like, and it's again, it's nothing that I wouldn't. I'm not saying bands don't deserve to be paid because I always got mad when we didn't get paid. Right. But I don't. I don't think every single band needs to go out there and start a business for themselves and start demanding like hundreds of dollars to come play some show when you don't even draw in that area. To me, that's dumb. But I guess if you can do it, yeah. you can do it. Apparently, Corey's a big fan of this band. He just knows a lot of this stuff. He took my card at Kroger. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> that Kroger's down there? Yeah, I guess that is a chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were cool dudes. One of the guys now owns a record store in Kokomo, so American Dream Hi-Fi, there's a plug for you guys. That's not <laughs> Co the Kokomo Clown music. That's Peru. Peru's Clown Town. Fuck! I get, <laughs> I get them confused. I don't know why, and they're probably like 40 minutes away. I live in Clown Town. Well, how far is Kokomo? No, Kokomo about 20 minutes. Okay. Damn it. Yeah, not too far. Only bands, bands have to sell the feet picks to actually pay for show. Very true. Yeah. Just feet picks? Just, yeah, just... I have some weird-looking feet, so I don't know if anybody wants to see that shit. The weirder they look, the more money you make. That's true. If I had Hobbit feet, I'd get a lot of people off. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. Well, <laughs> I think it's time to bring our guest Ian on. Anyone uh, familiar with the Black Order? This is the band that Ian's from, so... There he be. Oh, there he is. Woo. They need a fucking hey, what a clapping like icon. Yay. <laughs> Applause. <laughs> Ian Yachner. What's happening, guys? Oh, not, What's up? Not shit. Could did could you hear our rant before we bring you in? Or you're just like not Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You, you know what it, like and a lot of that stuff is like there's like you had mentioned about like paying bands and uh, most of the bands, like when I ran, I ran a club in defiance there for a long time. And uh, most of the bands I dealt with were real, were real cool. You know, they're real chill. Yeah. Pay me what you can pay me. And then everybody was cool. Yeah. I had a, uh, like a Christian metal band get a hold of me one time. And they're like, hey, we want to play your place. I was like, all right, man, sounds good. They're like, uh, do you do, um, you know, do you do guarantees? And I was like, depending, you know. Yeah. I was like, why? Well, you know, what were you looking for? And they're like, I don't know, $22.50. And I was like, you mean like $22.50? <laughs> like, no, like fucking $2,250. And I was like, what? Don't ever get a hold of me again. Who the hell pays that? Somebody must pay them. You know what? You're well, the wrong music. I didn't know. I didn't know until after that that a lot of these Christian metal bands play these, uh, you know, like um, <laughs> these these Christian places, like these youth centers and shit, yeah. and then they get paid crazy money like that. They are in the wrong because it's all coming out of the church, and you know they don't fucking pay taxes anyway, so they just write it <laughs> off. So, <laughs> you know. But uh, I was just like, you know what? I I, I hope 
I hope your whole bloodline gets ALS for asking me for twenty two fifty. You know, like I hope everybody you ever meet gets Lou Gehrig's disease. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking crazy. Oh wow, yeah, that's a. We're in the wrong business if they're getting that though. Dude, seriously. Yeah. Is it a known band or is it an unknown name band? It was like at the time, I wouldn't even say they were kind of like they were. I want to say they were they were maybe from like around Lima or something like that. It was uh, probably Bram's band. Ah, <laughs> 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 fucking hilarious! <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> but uh, like they weren't. You know, I had only heard them from like a couple people I knew in Lima. Like aside from that, I'd never heard them at all. I never heard any of their music. No, not, never saw one video. No, nothing. Wow. But they sure as shit were asking for fucking twenty two fifty just to, to drive an hour from Lima to Defiance. Yeah. What was the so, band? Um, Disciples of Truth. You know what? I don't. I don't remember exactly who it was. I just remembered that they were a Christian band or, you know, or a religious type of metal band. And uh, that was my first and last dealing with them. Desecrating the manger. No, I'm just making names. So a little backstory about Ian here. I met him. Actually, I never, I met him later on in life, but I was in a, my past band and I don't know. I might have found a post and I was like, oh, there's a bar that we could play at in Ohio. And we never like, we never did it. I don't, I don't know what happened, but like we kept in touch, which was strange. Like you just meet people that you never meet until later on in life. And then finally my current band played there and we finally met Ian. So he's like the more taller, handsome, younger brother I never had. <laughs> <laughs> or wanted. Or, or wanted one of the two. Yeah. And, like, it's funny, like, I slowly find out more about him, and it's like, he actually wears a hat all the time. I thought he was bald. No, he's got, like, full long hair under there. And he's actually <laughs> married, and I met met her, met her too, and I'm like, I thought he was just a lone warrior guy. I thought he was gay, but then his wife came to show him, like, oh, you are married. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, That's my proof of purchase. Proof of purchase. Porno, Porno grind <laughs> abstinence music. I have, I have kids, too. He's so. got kids, yeah, so... I've known Ian. And he, Actually, I have a I have a twenty twenty year old kid. Yeah. Damn. But he doesn't look yeah. that old. He looks like he's. I was say he don't look that old. Yeah. Twenty year old. He started early. Metal riffs and spliffs. I don't. I don't try to ride. What do you play in your band? Uh, I do all the guitar and vocals in our band. Okay. Or I attempt to do all the guitar and vocals in our band. Nice. Hell yeah. More accurate. <laughs> So yeah, like I don't know how long I've known you, but it's been a it's been a while. So like I, I know by like Ian's like history, like he's been in this band for a while and he's actually toured and recorded and obviously he's you know, he booked at a bar that where we played at. And so I guess Ian, like what are some interesting nightmare stories you've had? Because 'Cause I'm sure you got a lot. That's why we kinda wanted to start early with you. <laughs> Uh, uh, like, are you talking about just like tour stories? Yeah, anything like comes to mind. Jesus, that, I know, right? Um, Bram, let me see comments. You know what? Actually, to bring up to bring up your last band, I remember 
I think I had it was Unquiet Eddie, right? Right. I think I had you there one time. We never once. We never, you. we never played there. Honest to God. Are you sure? Yeah, we don't. I I only met. Okay, you. then then I remember I had you on the flyer. You did, and I think like either we canceled or something happened. Something happened. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I don't remember what um, we would have made sooner. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> um, it, as far as like tour stories, man, I got a I got a million of them. Um, <laughs> so we have we've done, you know, a, a good amount of touring. Um. You know, for for this kind of band, I guess um, we've done the U.S. I don't know a lot of times. Um, we actually started a tour one time with Master that we had to drive from here in Ohio straight to L.A. to start the tour, which blows. But yeah. uh, I didn't realize until I think we were in Missouri that I didn't have sneakers with me. So my shoes. <laughs> Yeah, I had no shoes, and then I didn't buy shoes until we got to L.A. That must have cost me. We well, we were in wow. Stanton, and I have a, a friend who lives in Stanton. It's, and Stanton's like kind of between uh, Anaheim and Huntington Beach. It's kind of in that area. Yeah. And uh, I just I barefoot walked it everywhere, and my feet were like fucking black. And I still have a picture on my Instagram of my filthy, disgusting <laughs> three-day with no sneakers going across country feeds. That should be an, it's pretty a black. Gross, but, uh, that should be a Black Order album. <laughs> your dude, feet, dude, your feet. feet. <laughs> um, but as far as as far as uh terrible stories, you know what? I can tell you one. And we did a tour with a. Uh, it, it was a nationally touring band. Um, you know the the guy who was singing and playing guitar at the time used to be in a, a very big band. And I'm I'm not going to name any names, but right. um, I'm still friends with some of the people in that uh, that were in that band. I still talk to them pretty frequently. But um, so so we go to do this tour with these these guys, right? And uh, so I I don't remember where the first I think the first show was at the Phoenix Hill Tavern in Louisville, and I was super you know when you when you go on tour for like a long time. There's like this is thing like the first week is the honeymoon phase where you're super pumped. And then the second week is like the working phase where you're like, OK, I'm in it. The third week, you're kind of like, all right, you know. It's kind of, you know, running out a little bit. And then the fourth week, you're like, I have no idea where the fuck I live anymore. I just live in this locker room on wheels. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it works. But. The first day of this tour, we get to this place, and we did our set. It's whatever. So the main band goes up, and uh, the guy's guitar just isn't in tune. Okay. So naturally, I just run up, and I'm like, hey, what's it looks like he's having trouble with this tuner. So I run up, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, I don't know, fucking, you know, the other guitar player. is like, he fucked it up. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to help anything right now. Like, what can we do to fix it? So he kind of throws a little temper tantrum on stage in front of everybody and nice. then yells at the other guitar player. It winds up getting fixed. Basically, his uh, tuner was off by a few cents, mm. you know, when he when he tuned it or he had he had his guitar, his other guitar player tune his guitar. 
and that was the whole deal. And this dude bitched him out on the mic in front of everybody in this club. On tour. And that was the first day. And it only got progressively worse. And I remember being in... Yeah, seriously. So we were in Philly. We go to play this place. We show up and uh, we're like, hey, you know, we're the, we're the band. We're, you know, playing tonight. And they go, oh, there's no band tonight. I go, well, yes, there is. And it's us and it's these guys. And they go, oh, well, no, the, uh, the promoter canceled the show. And come to find out he canceled the show, kept all the pre-sale money, turned all his socials off, gone. Awesome. Which isn't weird for a lot of promoters. It's happened multiple times. Mm. So those people in Philly were super cool. And they're like, hey, you know, we're going to try to get like a show together real quick and see what we can do. No problem. Um, So we wind up playing, us and the other band, they wind up playing. And there's literally only 40 bucks from the door. So the the people come to me and they go, hey, here's here's your money. It's the best we could do. And I said, you know what? All good. Um, so I have the forty dollars, and then uh, the other guitar player from this this band comes up to me and he's like, hey, he's like, you know, where's the money? And I said, well, here's the forty, and uh, there's your guys' twenty. And uh, he's like, oh, okay. And then he just kind of real weird, and then he walks away, and a little bit he comes back. He goes, hey. Uh, the main guy, he's like, so-and-so um, wants to know what's up with the money. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what's up with what money? <clears throat> and he's like, well, the, all the money. And I'm like, that is all the money. Like, there was $40. Here's your half. And he goes, well, he needs all of it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, first off, this motherfucker does not load in, does not load out, doesn't tune his guitar, doesn't touch anything. Sits in the van the whole time oh. until it's time for their set. And then he gets out, walks up, plays, and then walks off the stage, gets back in the van, does nothing else. Oh, one of those guys. And huh. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those fucking guys. Oh, so um, so he's like, well, you know, he's he's getting real weird about it. I was like, well, you know what? I was like, have him come out and talk to me about it. I was like, because he didn't do shit. I'm the one who is in here trying to get other people in and the fucking most that he's going to get out of me is the most that money he has in his pocket right now. Right. Like that's it. That's how it's going to work. I was like, but I'm not, I'm not mad at this other guitar player. I'm not mad at him. He's just a messenger. So I said, you know, have him come out and talk to me about it. And he goes, uh, he doesn't want to do that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, it's, it's chill. You know, we can talk about it. <laughs> and this is, I want to say this is like Ninth Street in Philadelphia, and it's like right on the border of the Vietnamese and Italian neighborhood. Like, if you know anything about Philly, or if you know where like uh, Gino's and Pat's steaks are, like famous cheesesteak joints, they're literally right down the street. Okay, I've heard. But uh, it's fucking pouring down rain, and I'm in the street, <laughs> and I'm yelling at the guy. I'm like, "Hey, get out of your fucking van!" <laughs> and he won't. And I'm like, if you want to throw a big bitch and have other people come to me about money that you didn't fucking earn, I was like, get out and talk to me. And the other guys were trying to get me to get in my van. And I'm like, no. I was like, until he gets out and talks to me or drives the fuck off, I'm not leaving. Oh my God. And that night, uh, at the, actually that show, 
that same singer, guitar player, bitched at uh, their bass player because he wore a white shirt and khaki shorts on stage. And that wasn't cool to him, I guess. And bitched him out in front of the, I don't know, 20 people that were there. <laughs> and then that night, the bass player stuck up for himself, said something back to him, and they kicked him out of the fucking van. And this kid lives in, like, Iowa or something like that. And they kicked this motherfucker out, like, in the middle of Pennsylvania and made him just figure it out to get back home. Oh, man. So, and I never talked to that guy again, and that will be a day too soon. So. Holy shit. (laughs) That's sad, because, like. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I had all sorts of fucking yeah thoughts about all that yeah i don't it's yeah (laughs) you know like there's there's a time and a place and on stage isn't either one of them right you know what i mean right like if you have an issue you know you can't dish it out like that in front of the people who are watching you you can't yell at some fucking dude because he's got khaki shorts on and a white shirt i mean technically (laughs) like i've you kind of need to dress the part, but maybe that's all he had. So that's forgivable. They had to probably had to go to the fucking laundromat. What are you going to wash for 20 bucks? You know? <laughs> sure. You know what? And yeah. like, and I understand if you guys have like a gimmick or, or some kind of like a shtick or some shit like that, you know, but like everybody else was literally dressed in same ish type stuff, just regular everyday clothes. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like they had outfits and this motherfucker just showed up in, in khaki shorts and a white shirt, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a really depressing tour. We had one more day with them the next day, I think, in Reading, Pennsylvania, and then went home and then never talked to that guy again, and I'm fine with that. Are they, they're still a band? No, I don't think they are. I, I feel like there was some internal shit going on before. So if that was, if he was, oh, was going to, like, yeah. It, yeah, everybody who, who was in that band, like, we're all still friends. And they've told me, like, how much of the fucking dick that guy is. Um, Oh, man, don't tell me I sound like fucking Burt Crusher. Who's that? Damn it. Who's Burt Crusher? <laughs> but, um, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that so, guy. <laughs> short story. No, I mean, like. Guy. Um, yeah, like, this is the family thing. You gotta, these are your brothers, you know, don't fucking come off as a dick. And especially the lazy thing, like, that's not cool either. You're all there to grind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, and, and touring's tough, man. Like, it's it's really tough. Like, touring will teach you everything about your friendship within the band. If you can be with those people 24 hours a day, every day for two weeks and like not kill each other, then you'll, you'll probably be better friends and or friends for like a long time. Yeah. That's a, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Because like, even just like the subtle nuances of just like how people talk, how this motherfucker clears his throat, you know, or some shit like that. Like Chewing. after a while, it just, it just gets to you. Boy, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally just everything. It just pisses you off eventually. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and I'm no different. I'm, I'm sure I'm a fucking nightmare to be in with too. Me too. Me too. Um, I have to be, but like Uh. Cole, like with me and Cole, you know, our, our drummer, like we just, 
I don't know. It, like it, whatever it is, it just whatever that thing is that works, it just works, you know. And him and I have toured many, many, many times, and you know, we were sitting on a pier in South Florida one time, eating some fucked up fish. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> and then like four months later, we were on Zuma Beach in Malibu, like. So we've done everywhere, you know, and uh, if you can if you can tolerate that person like that and then make it work, I feel like it's just it's you got a good thing going. How how long have you known him? Like, has he been your drummer? Cole. Yeah. I met Cole in a in our local guitar shop actually. Mm. Um. So I was in there because we had a drummer who was either I think he was he was on his way out or something like that, yeah. and. Uh, so I was in there talking to my local guy, and I said, you know, I need a drummer, blah, blah, blah. And Cole just happened to be standing up at the front. And he, like, turned around. He's like, well, what band are you in? I was like, oh, I'm in Blackboard. He's like, I knew that. And then, <laughs> like, a couple days after that, I think he sent us a message. And then I sent him, like, three songs, and, like, that was pretty much it. He learned him pretty much overnight. Yeah. Nice. So you, that's pretty much It's basically this is your band, correct? Like, you're the founder, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. And you I mean what? Go ahead. And you basically like just found members around the area and this like first the first incarnation of it and just went with it. Pretty much. You know, you try to find local dudes who like the same shit and then then you find out who's lazy and then you just, <laughs> just keep cutting them out, you know. <laughs> and uh that's pretty much how it works. Yeah, I was, I was actually can talk. I was actually curious about the scene out there because, like, obviously, I played that place that you had. But how, like, yeah. what's out there like for you, like, as far as like there's the music scene? You know, in this this town we're in, not shit. Okay, you know, we're 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 literally right in the middle between like Fort Wayne and Toledo. We're literally it's it's like forty five minutes each way. Mm. Um, ain't bad. But we're more, I would say we're more of like a home, like Toledo would be more like a hometown or second home or whatever. You know, Juan, our bass player, that's where he lives. He lives in Holland there. And uh, so that's kind of like a home-ish town for us. Yeah. Um, but as far as like this town that I live in, nothing. You know, 10, 15 years ago, there was a big push, a lot of bands. Uh, and then they would last for six months and break up. <laughs> You know, nice. You know how it goes. Yeah, dude. So, how did you end up with the the Spankies? Like, how did you used to oh, used man. to book there? Correct, and did the sound. Uh, so my family owned it, and I managed it for fourteen years, just under fourteen years. Nice. So, is your dad Spanky? And, uh, <laughs> he's a stepdad. Yeah. No shit. Yep. Did not know that. I guess I never asked yeah, these so, questions. <laughs> Yeah. Well, nice. You were waiting for just just an occasion. That's right. Such. Hell yeah, that's but, pretty cool. You know, like the way that I kind of came in, like I I worked there when I was like twelve, uh, <laughs> and then I worked there when I was like sixteen and eighteen. Damn. And then I used to work for John's Manville, and then got fired, <laughs> and then just kind of needed some work, so I wound up picking it up as just, it was just going to be like short time. Right. And then I was like, you know what? This is actually, this like works 
for me time-wise. So, and then I wound up working seven days a week for 14 fucking years. So, damn. So that sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you still have time for the, the band stuff, so, like, you managed to squeeze it in. Yeah, it, you you got to, like, you got to make it fit, you know what I mean? And if that's what you're going to do, you just have to figure it out somehow. The thing that sucked about doing the band and the bar was, like, we'd be on a tour, and I'm having one or two phone calls with the bar every day. I'm still doing all the same exact things that I would do normally yeah. just from a van. Hmm. So, you know, and that shit gets a little tedious. It just wears you out just like anything else would. But, um, I learned a lot, um, learned a lot about people, learned a lot about, you know, myself and things like that. And I don't think, you know, you know I own a media company now and like, I don't think I would have that job if I didn't, or I'd, I wouldn't have this business hadn't I not done that. You know, that makes sense. It's a good segue because yeah. you kind of know you're like business savvy from, you know, the business experience, which I was going to say, because that's cool that you were able to do all that. And so I have like a family because like I said, I didn't know you had like kids and a wife late till later. And I'm like, oh, he's still in a band, you know, like you're actually making time for the band, but you still have a family, which is a, mm -hmm. a hard balance for a lot of people, obviously. And I, you know, yeah. we talk about um, that a lot on the show about how, like, you know, how people get kicked out of bands when they don't have the time for it, <laughs> or they leave. Yeah, one of the like two. the the cool thing about my wife is that she never got on me about band stuff. She was always like, "That was here before I was here, so I can't say anything to you about it." That's good. And I was like, I think that's the perfect response. You know? Yeah. Like, if it's not, like, obviously, like, I'm not, if it's, like, detrimental to my relationship or anything, my marriage or anything, like, <clears throat> yeah, it's fine. You know, but, like, there'd be times where, you know, hey, I got to go on tour for a month. So, I'll be back. Right. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and it's tough, you know, I mean, it's it's hard on everything. It's hard on her. But like, I would always like pay bills before I left or like have the money set aside for bills and whatnot. And, um, you know, but like she never, she never gave me shit about it. And, you know, I won't ever be mad about that. So. I've always kind of wondered, like when bands go on tour, how do they get the time off from their work or if they work jobs at aren't going to give them time off to come back and look for a job afterwards. Like in your guys' situation, how's that work for you guys? So, you know, since I was basically self-employed then for the most part, and then I'm totally self-employed now, I can leave whenever I want. Yeah. Um, Cole, Cole actually is in a very similar position that I was. He, he runs a family business. Um, so he can leave whenever he wants. Same thing. Nice. Um, Juan, I believe Juan is actually self-employed too. So for us, it is just kind of, we can just say, all right, well, I'm fucking see ya. Juan, <laughs> but, uh, Juan reminds me of like, like a side thug in a movie. Like he could be like a <laughs> cast as like just a, a fucking mob guy or something. <laughs> you, we, we always call, we call Juan our, uh, 
Yes Man Jason Newstead. What's that? So yes, he's like, he like as far as like he's just like a good yes man. Like if the if the if the idea is solid, he's just like yeah, fuck yeah. Like he's all about That's it. Awesome. He's just like he's down to ride like immediately. And uh, like the Jason Newstead thing, he weirdly, if you watch him or listen to him, like he has a very new steady like style of bass playing, like the energy, which, like when he's just. Yeah, just like that, yeah, the energy and his bass lines are very, like, kind of Jason Newstead-esque, which I mean, is, I think it's great. That's awesome. You know? I can see, but, I can uh, see that, yeah. Yeah, but, like, he's he's just, like, a solid, like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like, like we don't even have to ask him about shit. That's cool. We still ask him, you know, but we, you know, that, he's like, whatever, whatever, man, just all you gotta do is tell me when to be there. That's a... You know, and that's great. So yeah, that's a good chemistry between all three of you here. Three, there's three. I don't know why. Did you ever have another guitarist ever? No, no. It's always been a three piece. Yeah, interesting. Wow. We we entertained it for like a long time, you know, here and there by getting like a secondary guitar player or something like that, and then we just we just never did. Yeah, well, it's more money for you, less pain in the ass, and you know, learn these riffs, and then they yeah. learn. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, and, like, for me, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to fucking play sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. And then, so, I would hate to be, like, another guitar player, like, just standing around, like, all right, whenever you're done fucking around, you know, right. like. <laughs> it happens. So. So, but, yeah. so what other uh, crazy things have you encountered, like, on tour or, like. Yeah, well, <laughs> or ven- let's see. venues, um, strange things. We love, we I'll, love. I'll t- uh, yeah, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one that was shitty. Okay. Uh, so we were in uh, Portland, Portland, Oregon, and it's a cool town. <laughs> and we got some pe- we got some good friends out there. Um, we played this place called I don't know if it's still around, but I think it was called High Water Mark, and not a bad place. Um, so we get done, and I go up to the bar to get paid. And they're like, oh, yeah, the door guy has it. I was like, all right, well, uh-huh. where's he at? They're like, oh, he left. And I'm like, okay, where's my fucking money? And they go, well, he has it. I'm like, yeah, you already said that. And they're like, well, no, we had to, like, pay him. So all the money went to the door guy. And I'm like, you had to pay him. They go, yeah. And I'm like, well, you hired him, right? They go, yeah. And I'm like, so you had to pay him, not me. Like, I didn't agree to that. Had I hired a door guy, I would pay him out of my share or my time right or something like that he's insured by you and your venue you employ him you fucking pay him and they were like well that's not how it works i was like don't tell me how it works because i've ran a fucking bar at the time for 10 years i'm like when i hire people i pay them i don't tell the bands that they have to pay them i pay them because i employ them you know because if they fuck up it's on me it's not on the bands you know what i mean if we're gonna go all the way down the line like, so I always paid my door people from my own pocket because that's fair to me. And they just kind of like <laughs> threw their hands up after a while. And Cole had to come in and get me and was like, hey, we got to go because I'm like causing a fucking scene. <laughs> and uh, so fuck, fuck that place. High watermark. If you're still around, fuck you. You know, <laughs> you, would, I, you would think the fucking door guy would know better. Like, that's not cool. Like, what? what? But, you know, 
I agree, but also being a door guy who does this, you know, multiple times a night or multiple times a week, like I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck at all. So whatever, pay me, and then he'll just leave, you know. I, I, so, but if he's done it, so I don't know. I I feel like if if, if you you're going to be a door guy, you know the criteria. If not, ask like, okay, we're paying you, sure. but the, you're you're collecting the band money to pay the band. I don't know. See, like. The little things that people could probably ask. If you're going to be in that position to do the job, you need to know the whole criteria of it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know some people are fucking, fucking piles of shit, but, like, yeah. yeah, that's a good example of, like, didn't know the criteria. Like, oh, he left with your money. Like, right. what the fuck? But I, I never knew of a place where the door guy had a guarantee and the bands didn't, you know? Shit, half the time you're not guaranteed a door guy anyway. They don't want to do it. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. I know some places around here that that happened to. Uh-huh. And the guy, it's... the promoter, ran the door, collected the money, and before the show was over, he'd always dip out and he'd take the money with him. Yep. That's happened to us multiple times. What is wrong with those fucking people? There's fucking. Com- I don't know, man. On blast uh, now. Evansville. I think it's Evansville, Illinois. First day of a tour, fuck yeah, they happened to us that place. There's Evansville, and, and then we wound up at some dude's apartment. <laughs> I stayed out the van, but Cole was <laughs> Cole was inside this guy's apartment, like banging on a fucking snare drum while the dude is coked out of his mind. <laughs> I thought you were banging on a woman. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, yeah, gotcha. That's funny. But uh, a, a a funny, I'll tell you a, a good funny sure. uh, tour story. Um, so we are in. Oh, cool. We got another train. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're in L.A. Uh, we're starting the tour with Master a couple years ago. And uh, Paul Speckman is probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, very, very just like super road rugged dude, but super fucking nice. Um <clears throat> So we're doing the show and it's at like an American Legion in East LA. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if if you've, if you've never done West coast shows, West coast metal shows, especially like in the Bay area, it's a bunch of uh, dudes that look like they're fresh out of like 1982, just denim dance with bright white sneakers on and big poofy hair. Hell yeah. You know, like that's just, that's how they all look. That's funny. Uh, so we're we're uh we're at this legion and there's a dude that's out there just moshing and he's just getting like a little bit too rough mm-hmm. so security people walk up to him like hey man you need to fucking just take it down a little bit and uh he doesn't listen he goes out does it again and they're like hey i'm gonna tell you one more time and that's it so he goes out he fucks it up again and these dudes pick this fucking guy up <laughs> and they pick him up like he's a serving tray, you know, and they walk him to the front door and they literally like long dart this dude <laughs> out the door onto his chest and he fucking <laughs> hits his chest, his feet scorpion over <laughs> and you just hear him make this like <gasps> fucking terrible noise. <laughs> and his his uh, wife or girlfriend or something like that is like she's real tiny and she's trying to like hit these uh, security guards in the back. And they tell her the same thing. They're like, hey, if you don't keep it down, we're going to chuck your ass out here, too. She goes, all right. Turns around, runs inside, crashes in to somebody's uh, merch table. 
just like ragdolls herself into this fucking table. Oh boy. So I sh- I shit you not. They just grabbed her, her up. serving tray style, fucking out the door. <laughs> I don't know if this lady was five feet tall. You know what I mean? And they just fucking... Fucking dwarf tossed her. I wonder if she made the same noise when she landed. (laughs) God, I hope so. But, so I'm I'm outside. And so I'm like, all right. (laughs) So I I go outside and right next door, I went out back and I went around and next door was like this old ice cream joint where they had uh, metal seats that were like uh, cemented into the ground. Yeah. Like super old school. And uh, so I'm like sitting there, I'm on the phone, uh, talking with uh, an employee at the bar, making sure everything's all right. And then I go around to the front because you kind of hear like a scuffle. Mm. And that dude and his lady who got thrown out, they're like starting a fight with um, other people that were just out front. And then one of them stopped and started puking and it chain reacted everybody to start puking. So there's like four or five people that are either throwing up or in the process of about to throw up. So then as this mm-hmm. is happening, a, a, this big kid with big ass poofy hair comes walking past me and he's fucking trashed. And then a couple minutes later, I just hear this bang and I walk over and the kid is pounding his head on his uh, windshield of his car. And it looked like an 82 Chevette or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he just leaned over and he's just kind of pounding his head and then he tips his head upwards and then pukes up the windshield and then back into his own face. No. <laughs> and that was the first first day of the tour. No, they, they, they know that's why I, LA never disappoints. Apparently not. I, I, I somehow I fucking <laughs> can believe all that shit happens. Plus there's homeless people. There, it's so. <laughs> and we we wound up leaving. We wound up going to a, like a Denny's and uh, my buddy Phil was coked out of his mind and uh, screaming about how fluffy the eggs or the pancakes were. <clears throat> and uh, he's just yelling at waitresses. He's, and he's picking up like cardboard uh, cutouts of shit they have in there. And he's just carrying them around the restaurant and shit. Just being a total fucking menace. So, They're probably used to it there, though. What's that? They're probably used to it there, all the crazy people that come out at night. They, yeah. Man, I haven't been they to a Denny's it. in a long time, actually. Is this still good? <laughs> you know what? Like, we, I don't know how many times we, you know, we've referred to tours as, like, the Denny's tour. Yeah. Because that's where you go. It's always open. That's true. You know? like After a show, house. You go to Denny's. I think we have a Waffle House in town, but it's not the yellow style one. I've never been to yeah. Oh, my God. I've never I've seen a lot of. I've seen a lot of them on my way through Florida and back. Should Still stop. The, so just say you did. Them and Cracker Barrels. That reminds me. When are you going to get a Colt 45 fucking endorsement, man? I'm sure like it's not a... You know what? I <laughs> Not going to lie. I did email them about it. Yeah? Well, <laughs> well, I did. I, well, I did what's the criteria? Because it. like back in the day, like people had like Jägermeister like, endorsing everybody. Now like you get a Colt 45 one. <laughs> I, I don't know because I don't think they ever got back to me, so I ought to get back to him. Uh, and just just, keep, just bug the just piss keep out trying, of him. yeah, just keep trying. Yeah, and like it's it's like no other reason aside from like I just want my name up there for no reason, just to say that I did it, you know, just to hold the bottle. Like hey, look at hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm one of the like why do you have that? a cold forty five endorsement? Like what I don't know. that whiskey just, that everyone's had lately. Cold cock, cold cock. Yeah, what <laughs> happened to that shit? Oh god. 
Have you ever had that? I had it. No. What happened to the? They were all the metal. They were all about metal. What happened to that fucking whiskey? I don't know. Huh. I know we we did a show in Chicago once, and uh, we got fucking blasted, and uh, that's all they kept trying to give us. I remember that. I don't, yeah, there was some place up in like northern Indiana, close to Illinois. They're all about the coke, cold cock, fucking handing it out and shit. Yeah, <laughs> cold cold cock and PBR. Yep. That's all it was. PBR. I don't know. I feel like the more you drink of cold cock by the end of the night, you're going to call it something else cock. <laughs> what? <laughs> Give me another shot of that hard cock. Oh, <laughs> that hard cock. Put that cock in my mouth. Anyway, gross. <laughs> so, uh, any other crazy stories? Or I know you have a bunch. Man. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I got, I got any. Uh, I got a million. Before you go to that, any crazy thing that ever happened in your bar at the time? Oh God! Yeah, from a band or just in general? Well, I'll, I'll, one of each. How about that? You know, because you obviously, yeah, experience both, both um, situations. As far as like a band goes, um, <laughs> there's a guy. I believe he's from the Fort Wayne area. Um, does black metal. Um, had him there once, and I think it was like during his first song, he just turns around and he just pukes. Oh boy! And uh, <laughs> I was just like, "Nope." <laughs> so at the end of his set, I gave him a fucking mop and a bucket. I was like, "You're cleaning that up." I've I've seen that happen before. Like not not in your yeah, bar, not in your bar, but like I remember a guy threw up on stage. Well, first of all, he was a band from like Chicago, some goth goth band, and we played with him in my old band, and we trade shows, trade swap, trade swap, came talk, show swapped, and so they came down to a good old Elkhart's place called Halftime, <laughs> and this fucking goth band shows up. And I don't know why the bar thought it was smart, but they gave this dude like pictures of Jack and Coke. Not a, not, oh my god! Yeah, I don't know who thought of that. So he drank like one, and he got up on stage and he's like, "I don't know how long he was playing before he fucking like violently puked." So like, it just kept coming out during the song. And Ugh. dude, stop the set. The guy I know, stop the set because he's running sound. He stopped the set. Had that dude mop the whole thing before they continued. Good walk of shame because he's all like. I don't know. It's right for everybody. <laughs> so yeah, I've seen it done. I'm like, oh my god, that's so fucked up. I mean, I don't know, dude. There's as far as like, oh, go ahead. No, I just don't know why bands do that shit. But go on. As far as like, just crazy shit in general sure. in the bar, I have seen probably everything you can think of. Um, one of the the craziest slash funniest things. Was uh, I got in a, a knife fight over Michael Jackson once? <laughs> <laughs> so you were threatened with a knife, or you both had them, and you did the whole fucking thriller or the the bad dance with the top. So tie. so here's here's what it was. <laughs> this is when this is right when Michael Jackson died. <laughs> so what is that like two thousand nine something like that? Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. So I had a DJ working for me at the time, who uh, he would play music videos you know, while he DJed and stuff. 
Um, so he's he's playing Thriller or something like that, and there's a guy playing pool, and he's just like he looks and he's like, man, fuck Michael Jackson. <laughs> what? And, which is weird, but there was a a guy I know named Charlie, a friend of mine, who is every bit as tall as I am and probably outweighs me by fifty pounds. It's a huge dude, and um, so Charlie loves Michael Jackson. Like, it's his favorite shit. So the guy yells, fuck Michael Jackson. And Charlie <laughs> immediately looks at him. He's like, fuck you. And then the guy goes, fuck with me. And then they immediately start fighting. Oh like, it was like a fucking cartoon. You know? <laughs> and Charlie has got to be, I don't, Charlie's got to be 375 pounds. Damn. Just a huge dude. Right. right. So I walk, you know, people are trying to like split these dudes up. And then I walk over and I wind up getting a hold of Charlie and I get them both out of the front door. And then it pours out to like one side of my building. It winds up going out back. So I run out back and you go out the back steps, um, you go down and there's this like kind of like big concrete slab kind of a thing there. Yeah. And uh, it was like 20 people in a fucking brawl. And I think two or three of the people had knives there was a dude who had a pool ball and I was like, I was in the middle of the whole thing. And then I think a couple of my buddies were on the stairs, just like watching me and I didn't get hurt. And, you know, eventually it got broken up. But like, I was like this, that's the fucking, that's the silliest thing I have ever seen. <laughs> like somebody was about to get stabbed oh, over Michael fucking Jackson. Wow, dude. <laughs> Don't fuck around Michael. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's that's one that's a that's a good standout. That's one. pretty wild, um, actually. <laughs> I'm sure everybody probably wants me to tell about the the ear getting punched off what? story. What? Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so this is no joke. This is like 14 or 15 years ago when this happened. Now, and uh, I still hear about it every week. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's pretty. It's kind of funny. Do it, okay. Do it. Um, so, so there was a guy, uh, I think his name was Henry Marks. Uh, I'd never seen him before. Didn't know him at all. Um, so he's at, he's at the bar and he's just kind of like being a shithead and he's kind of like a young, young kid. So we cut him off hours go by and he's just still hanging around and he's out on the back deck. And he's just being an asshole <laughs> to people. And, uh, so uh, my former brother-in-law was there and he knew him. And I was like, Ben, get this fucking guy out of here. Just, just take him anywhere. I don't care. So he does. And then eventually the guy winds up coming back. So a bit more time goes by and we've got this guy cut off for three hours by this point. So he's out there and he's threatening this old man named Rex who used to hang out there. Rex is like an old cancer ridden man. Oh, man. You know, and this dude's got to be like 22, <laughs> you know, at the time. So I walked out there. I was like, hey, man, get the fuck out of here. So he goes, fine. You know, and he's like kind of throwing a fit on his way out. He's like, fuck this place and all this stuff. And oh, Cool. Another train. <laughs> and, uh, Hell yeah. Um, so the guy's going down the stairs and he gets down the steps and he's just running his mouth. And I remember I said something to him about hitting him or breaking his jaw, something, something silly like that. Um, and he's like, do it. 
okay. So I walked down there and I hit him and he hit the ground. And when he hit the ground, he looked up at me and he just started screaming. Like, you know, when you, you pull a balloon and it makes that high pitch <laughs> sound. <laughs> yeah, that's what he sounded like. And I was like, what the fuck is that sound? So I, I picked him up and I drug him to the street and I just kind of chucked him out in the street. A little bit later, the cops show up and, uh, you know, I'm talking to them out back and they go, well, you know, you know, he came down and he was all fucked up or whatever. And I was like, well, all right. I said, well, am I going to jail? Because if I am, I got to get my keys to other people. Blah blah. They're like, no, 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 you're you're good. Okay. Like we do have to take him to the hospital though. And, uh, I was like, why? I was like, I didn't even hit him hard. He go, yeah, well, when you hit him. He must have just turned or something like that, because when I hit him, I hit him in the ear <laughs> and uh, I split his ear in half. And then the top part was pulled away from his, you know, up top. So it pulled pulled away from his uh, whatever head there a little bit. And my buddy, my old bass player, Mike Saxon, was standing right next to me when the cop said it. And Mike just goes <gasps> and then runs inside. <laughs> and I told that cop, I said, by the time I walk in, everybody's going to know. <laughs> so I walk in and then as soon as I walked in the door, everybody's like, yo, you fucking punching people's ears off now. <laughs> but what makes it even funnier is I have a buddy named Big Jim and Big Jim was giving me shit over this whole thing. So a little bit later, I'm standing by the back door and this lady comes in she's very frantic and you could kind of tell it was like that that guy's mom so she comes in and i'm talking to her and i said hey i said just i just want to let you know i'm the manager here I'm like i am the one who hit your son um this is what happened you know we, we try to get him out of here blah 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 and you know and she's almost inconsolable at this point and i'm, I'm trying to just get her to just chill and, and understand <laughs> As we're doing that, we're standing right by the men's room. And Big Jim, he comes walking by. He doesn't know who I'm talking to. So he opens the bathroom door, like gets right in my face, and he goes, murderer. Murderer. And then walks in the fucking bathroom. <laughs> and the lady has a, a, just a straight meltdown. Just just loses it, right? <laughs> She's like, I'm fucking suing you and all this, all this stuff. And so she leaves. And Jim comes out. And he's like, he's like drying his hands, and he's kind of like just chuckling. Yes, <laughs> typical big Jim behavior. <laughs> big so, so he comes out, and he's like just chuckling, drying his hands. And I stand there looking at him. I was like, "Really, really? You had to say that right then?" He goes, "Who are you talking to?" I was like, "That was that fucking guy's mom," you know. <laughs> and he's just like, and then he just he books it back in the bar. And then the <laughs> the next day, the lady called and said i tried to like threaten her with a knife and all types of shit and uh my god so we just told her to fuck off and then we never heard anything ever again so and then for my 10th year my 10 year anniversary at the bar uh -oh. they had a surprise party and i showed up because they were like hey there's a fight so i showed up and i run through the front door thinking it's like shit's going down and like i, I walk in and everybody's like surprise because uh -huh. like, i was i was pissed the fuck off you know what i mean right. like i gotta be in fight mode and 
nothing was happening. And uh, so everybody was doing shots out of these little bloody severed ears. <laughs> and that's uh, and I still have some actually from that day. I figured they would have got you like a fucking bloody ear cake or something, man. <laughs> yes, yes. I expected like the whole team. Yeah, I, I, that, that was at least 2010, maybe 2009, and yeah. I, I hear about it every week still. I feel Did like that guy ever come back around. Yeah. What's that? Did that guy ever come back around? No, I don't think so. You know, I, I never <laughs> saw him again. He sobered up. Um, but like I, I think somebody saw him down at a different bar. <laughs> I don't know how long after that happened, but they were they said there yeah there was a dude in there and he was talking about Spankies and fuck that guy with the beard who works there and um and something about his ear and he had this big ass scar across his ear or some shit and uh, that but that's that's the last I ever heard of him. I figured, but, he, uh, that's funny. So basically, you had to like be the bouncer too. Yeah, you know, I I did everything. That's I, scary. You know, just a little you, bit. Art, you do you do everything. So yeah, wow. Yeah, I've been, you know, a lot of a lot of fights. Um, this is <laughs> you know, it's just the job. No, I know. You know? It, yeah, so. <laughs> you definitely learn your way around things when you have that much, you know, shit on your belt. Oh my god! <laughs> but like every disgusting thing that you can think of. Yeah. I've, I've probably experienced that sure. in that bar. You know? I'm sure you have. That's funny. It is fucking terrible. Yeah. And they're no but, um, and they're no longer to it's no longer open, correct? It's it's a different place now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we sold it. It's uh it's called River's Edge now. I've I, that last day there, uh, I I walked out the last day I'd never been back. You know, and uh, was it sad like the I'll last Cheers episode? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we just shut the and lights I, off. Know, there. Yeah, huh. I, I spent God, I spent twenty nine years in that bar. <laughs> nice. You know, I'm good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm all good. You're all good. I've had enough. Had I don't mind like because I get people who ask me to like to do training for like their bartenders or I get people to ask me to do like consulting work for their bars and stuff like that. And that's fine. Are you a Patrick Swayze is what they're trying to make you be? No, I, I, (laughs) I'm a, uh, I'm a fucking. Now I think they're trying to get me to be like a, uh, really poor John Taffer, you know? So, damn it. but like, I'm, I'm happy to help people like with, with that business stuff like that. But I, I have no want or desire to be in the bar business whatsoever anymore. You know, I get it. Good. Oh, good. So back to the, the whole band thing. So like, obviously your band's been together for shit. Didn't do it. We don't do the research. <laughs> how long? Have you, That's all right. How long have you been this band? We put our very first record out. What's the date today? 24th. Yes. Uh, one week from today, we put our first record out. Fourteen years ago, one week from today. Well, you've seen fourteen years. You've been grinding on this. So, what keeps you? What keeps you like motivated to still do it? Because obviously, you you still are. You know, you're still interested in playing your music and releasing and like. 
But yeah, what what keeps you motivated to keep doing this? I don't know. Um, I think there's just always that thing of like, there's always that spark of like creating. Yeah. You know, and it always seems like there's like something new with like every song. It's like maybe you take on a different temporary influence, which gives you kind of like fuel to write a specific kind of song or like, um, I just like writing riffs. You know what I mean? I like just trying to be better at what I do. And we just, you know, we just want to fucking play ass beater riffs and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, do some shows. And we have a new van that we finally got. So we'll probably be back on the road a little bit this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, which is fun. Cause you know, like, touring like you either love it or you don't and it's okay if you don't because it's really really tough um you know we had a bass player before who really just did not like it mm. um and it's that's hard you know what i mean like when when you have somebody who just doesn't enjoy what you're doing because touring like you're gonna have good shows you're gonna have a lot of shit shows and it's gonna like it's gonna zap them around like it's just it's tough but you have to like for me, it was always like, I'm traveling the country, playing songs that we wrote with the people I care for like the most, and we're playing those for people. Like, there's that's not a bad day. Yeah, you know, to me. Nicholas um, says bass players. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bass players, man. Uh, but I mean, as far as like motivation. I I just like creating in general, um, and I'm I'm always kind of like on the hunt for like the new, what's it gonna be, you know? So I don't know. I, I always feel like it's it's just like kind of like let's just do it because like we all know we're not making any fucking money. Like we all know that. No. Nope. And if if you're in if you're in a, a metal band these days to make money. Good luck. You're yeah. Be good really luck. Really yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. There, I have a buddy named Dave and uh, he was in this uh, band called Venomous Walrus. If you remember that band. I'm not. It sounds funny though. <laughs> oh. He, he joined the band but he had, was a bass player and Dave was like a singer and he goes, man, now that I'm in a metal band, I can't wait to get money and girls like <laughs> being real serious about it. Hey. And, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hey, yeah. And the head goes like, no, dog. It don't work like that. Right. <laughs> and then he found out very quickly that it doesn't work like that. So. Probably, he probably, but, almost, uh, probably almost quit. <laughs> yeah. Was, but, yeah, it's just like, I just like making music and I like creating stuff and I like writing riffs, you know, with my friends. And I love, uh, like, that moment when you, like, write something that you think is cool uh, and then you send it off to the guys and you're just kind of like fingers crossed, hoping they like it. And then you know, you get that DM back and they're like, fuck yeah. And you're like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's great. Like, I love those little things like that. I, and I try to like really look forward to those uh, in, in all the aspects of even just doing like a show, uh, being happy about guitar tone on a recording or whatever the fuck it may be. I just try to look for those little pumps to keep me in the game, I guess, you know? Yeah. Actually, I, had a, I have two questions here. So first one is you guys got a new van, correct? So like who paid for that? 
And then the second one is we'll get the we'll get to me. Okay, so the sec so the second one was um we'll get back to the van, but uh if they you send an idea and if they don't like it, how do you feel about that? So we'll get to the first okay. one. Yeah. So how do we get to the first the van? Oh. So um you you said you funded the van, correct? Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe because I always wonder like who takes the responsibility like, you know, our bass player is always like saying that we should get like a vehicle or we should ride together and it's like who the fuck in this time in this kind of economy wants to buy a fucking vehicle that you know that everybody has it just sounds like too much responsibility to put on someone's credit you know what i mean like who the fuck does that well yeah so i i understand um exactly what what you're saying yeah um you know for us you know there was always like to me there was always like you were either a studio band or you were a touring band and we were a touring band. Um, and so it was, Oh, like we always in that van mentality yeah. of, you know, that's where you live, you know, part of, part of the time. So, uh, and, and something about being in the van, we actually just had this conversation just the other day, me and Cole did mm-hmm. something about being in a van makes it feel different. You know what I mean? And I don't know what it is. It's just that whole vibe of just like, being in it and you're just like this is the thing you know what i mean this is what this is what you do yeah and uh might, that might sound a little weird but like i don't know it's just that's where we feel really comfortable with uh every actually we've had this will be the third van that we've had and i've bought all of them huh. um you know just fucking marketplace you know you want to find one of the good deal you take your mechanic friend and ask it if you know ask them if it's good enough and then you try to find one that's not outrageously expensive and then fix it you know Mm. and just make sure it works like our last van i bought from a lady who her husband had just died and we wound up buying i bought the van for like 1200 bucks oh and she goes oh we had it for a long time and uh you know we made a couple cross-country runs with it and he he worked for like napa and he just hauled parts with it. And it was really well maintained. Um, so, and then we drove that thing, I don't know how many miles. <laughs> we did 7,000 miles in two weeks once. Yikes. So, Woo. you know, it, it we did a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, we had a bass player who hated touring, so... I think I wound up selling it, and then like shortly after that, it was COVID, so you're not touring anyway. So, um, but yeah, so uh, it it is a little different, you know, when when you are touring, and when you're all kind of in that van vibe. I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, but it's a it's a little different to us at least. Um, what was the other question you had? Well, back to the van. Like that makes sense. I think like being in the van, it's like a security blanket. Because you're all together, you're not like riding separate and waiting on somebody else. It just feels like, yeah, we're doing this. It's like you finally got all the yeah. kids in the fucking car after all that. Yeah, it's and, it's like the camaraderie. Camar- yeah, yeah, like yeah, that makes sense. That that's good for fan, you know, mentality and everything. The yeah. Second question. So like, oh, I'll tell you one one time. Sure. It was fucking hysterical. So we were in, I think we were in California or somewhere around there. Um, mm-hmm. or maybe this was like South Carolina. I don't know wherever the fuck we were. Um, we had done a show, 
I stopped it somewhere and I found a place that had little six packs of uh, Colt 45. <laughs> nice. And it's it's like two in the morning. I was like, I'm fucking buying these. <laughs> uh, so we wound up going to some other place and they had King Cobra in cans and I'm also buying those. So then it's like, I, I would always night drive because uh, the other guys in the van can't drive at night for shit. And I was always awake from being at the bar. So like I would always drive, I'd drive for six or eight hours at a time in the middle of the night. And uh, so one time um, I'm driving and uh, I had fucking, I cracked a, a Cobra and I'm doing fucking 80, <laughs> you know, drinking malt liquor. Oh, boy. <laughs> not, not a good idea. You know, with, with a, uh, you know, with a 12 passenger van and a 12 foot trailer. Um, so John, our old bass player wakes up and he's like, not happy about it. And John is a very responsible dude. He's just kind of like, you know, he'll have his bush lights every once in a while. And mm-hmm. He's pretty, pretty tame guy. Yeah. And so he, he wakes up and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, yeah, just, just driving, man. Road he's beer. like, dude, you're fucking slamming a Cobra. <laughs> it's, this is like 7 a.m. Okay. <laughs> like, like it's just starting to get light out. You know what I mean? Cause of the time of year. And uh, he, w- he wakes up and it's just the whole van just smells like malt liquor at seven in the morning. And he wakes up and he's like, man, he's like, the hell? He's like, you're drinking a Cobra. You're fucking speeding. There's a gun right here because we always had a gun with us, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, <laughs> there's weed in the in the van and whatnot. And uh, he's just like pissed. And uh, so I was like, you know what, John? I was like, you're absolutely right. And I had just I had just finished that Cobra. I was like, I'm, I'm really sorry. It's, it's very irresponsible. And uh, <laughs> he's like, all right. And I was like, so I'm just going to drink this other one real quick. <laughs> and I think fucking crack the other Cobra. And he's just like, he's he's done with me, you know. So Cole wakes up and he like climbs over the seat. And he's like, what's going on? And I think I was just blasting like, <laughs> I think Van Halen 2. Or maybe it was... <laughs> uh, it was either Van Halen 2 or, or it was uh, Rush's Moving Pictures. 7 a.m. just fucking just slamming King Cobra while I'm doing 80 miles an hour. And uh, I just turned around. And I looked at him. I pulled my sunglasses up. And I was like, my eyes are already like bloodshot. And I was like, we're fucking partying today. You know? And then and Cole, he just fucking ripped open Miller. Like right then and there. So Went in Rome. You know, and like, and that, that's the the van yeah. you know you don't obviously like drinking or driving is stupid you know sure. what i mean this is years ago and then i was still stupid then but like there, there's something about that memory to me where it's just like it's was it dumb yes am i glad i have that memory yes at the same time you know hey it's a so it's a it's something to talk about at least you know for later like <laughs> damn i yeah. did some dumb shit but it was fun you know what i mean yeah, it's one of those things basically. yeah Obviously, you wouldn't but, do it uh, now. <laughs> and and what was your your other question? My second my second question is about if you know you submit an idea to the band and then you said they're cool with it. What if they're not cool with it? I mean, what do you do? Like, like what would I <laughs> fucking train. what I would initially do is wait till this goddamn train goes by. Sure, so, yeah. sure. So 
right, say it again. I said basically like if they you, you said you, you send a badass idea and the band likes it. What if you send one and they don't like it? What do you usually do? Oh yeah. Um and you know, and that's happened. And that's okay. Like right. I I just try to like get the blood flowing. You know what I mean? With like riffs. I send stuff out and um you know, and Cole's usually the one to kind of pick it apart more than Juan. Juan's kind of just like I said, he's pretty much just down with whatever. Well, he plays um, guitar too, don't he? Who, Cole? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he can. Uh, um but like, you know, he'll he'll be the one kind of more so to just put his two cents in it. Yeah. And that's exactly what I want. I want everything to be, you know, diplomatic, like I heard you know, where it's just like, yes, I, I want to write riffs together. Here's some stuff I have. What do you guys think? Does this suck? Blah blah blah. Yeah. And then and then we just kind of whittle it down. Um actually this song that we have coming out next month, um I I did I did the entire song. Uh and then I sent it to them and they liked it. And I did I did the solo with it. And the solo that's gonna be on the one is not the original solo. Like the one I the original solo I did is very um melodic it's 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 nice you know what i mean it's like a pretty solo and everything but and it fit the part but um we you know cole said something about it and i was just like no man i was like i'm i'm keeping i'm, I'm keep because i really liked it you know mm. and then after a while i was like as much as i like it it's not what we want to currently do you know what i mean we want to kind of continue on this whatever stream that we're doing and this kind of just doesn't match that so i rewrote the solo and now we're just way happier with the solo now and uh sometimes it happens because it's like you know you want all your ideas to be fucking five star ideas but sometimes right. they're not and that's you know it's it's a it's a kick in your ego but like um i think that's okay because you wind up doing something better, potentially better, uh, in the long run, which that's that's kind of what we did. So I'm I'm always okay with uh, people disagreeing or you know giving other input or insight or you know yeah. something like that. That's how you know you should write songs, I think. So that's true. I don't know. I I appreciate it. Yeah, that's a lot. As being like the main guitar player in your band like yeah that's that's a lot more work though in a way but you know obviously yeah. if you have a drummer that plays some guitar and he has a i yeah it just helps it, input does help instead of making you be the sole guitar writer and you know what i mean well even with like um with drum parts like when i send these guys songs i send them with you know program drums and all that stuff and like because here's what I hear in my head. Right. Like, and I want to convey that to them as, as much as I can. And then Cole will sit there and go, mm, this is cool. This sucks. This is, you know, whatever. And then I'll send him the same song with uh, no drums. And then he'll just write drum tracks to it. Yeah. So I just try to like give him a starting ground of like, here's just what I was thinking, but I'm open to anything all the time. And I prefer to have it be nitpicked and, uh, you know, taken apart. So, yeah, no, I know that feeling. 
Sometimes yeah. I do the, what about this, Phil? <laughs> I do the mouth thing. <laughs> yep. You know where it goes fucking. Dig -a -dig -a -dig -a -dig -a -dig -a cat, dig -a cat, cat. What? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's why. Actually, back to like the other season, we'd always talk about like during the whole pandemic part. How did that affect you and your band? Like, what did you do during that? It's, it's like a subject that never dies because, but I'm always fascinated about like what, how bands got through it because in a way, like it's still affecting everybody in a way, in a small way. But when that shit happened, like, what did you do? So with us, we, we wound up doing like kind of like a bunch of infrastructure work. So this, uh, you know, studio that we have now, um, we basically just kind of built it up and that was kind of like the main focus. We did that, you know, we worked on, uh, our song vitriol at the time. Um, and yeah, that was kind of like, that's kind of like our, our 24 hour thing was just doing the shit in here and kind of becoming as much self-sufficient as we can. Um, I've I've been to some really dope studios. My buddy Brennan owns the nicest studio I've ever seen. Yeah. It's a Ohio recording company in Fremont, Ohio. It's like a two million dollar studio. It's it's beautiful. He owns and he gets people So he has that like, so he, he owns that. Yeah. So he's a millionaire. I'll go check that out. <laughs> no. it, dude, if if you've if you've never been there, it is it's the nicest studio I've ever seen. That's um, awesome. He has like he has a gigantic eighty thousand dollar API console. Yeah, he's a serious like, guy. The, it, the dude is is unbelievably good. Um, That's awesome. So he he does all the engineering in the studio, and I believe his wife like does the books. Mm. So that's pretty much how they they do everything. Mm. But um, you know, I've, I've recorded in his place, and we actually re recorded our last record there, and we were there for like a year and a half. So that must have, yeah, it was fucking, it's it crazy how long it took. He must have gave um, you a deal, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because oh, I'm I'm still paying on that record, probably, probably, damn it. Um, but like not knocking Brennan at all, um, because he is like the most knowledgeable, um, studio guy that I know. Yeah. But like, we needed something that works on our time. Yeah. You know. And with Brennan, like he doesn't do, we were the first like metal band that he did. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
I do wonder. Yeah. That's cool. No, I wondered about I wonder about that because like, yeah, what you're saying. Like usually when most bands like us record, usually we don't we let the guy do it and then like they give us we give them notes later. It'd be nice to like do it on the spot, but usually they kind of have to work on it once we're done. Because, you know, again, we're fighting the clock to record something. And so, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I record myself, but I couldn't, like, fucking do a whole band. No, I'm not that fucking knowledgeable. Hell, my fucking laptop's piece of shit right now as it is. Like, it's on its last leg. I'm surprised it works for this podcast, but this cat keeps I've heard uh, some bands of, like... <laughs> some bands give an example like they'll tell this the engineer or whatever like check out this band's album for the sound quality or whatever what they're looking for and I've heard stuff like that from people that they've used like certain albums as like inspirations for sound quality it's like if they can make you sound exactly like that band then I guess they know what the hell they're doing yeah I feel like that never happened I don't know I don't know what we go into like we've tried like two studios and then usually, like everybody's got an idea about what the what they want in the notes. The last one, I said I don't care because I don't want to be the. I always say this: there's too many. Don't put too many hands in the pot and something. Because the they, only studio that I ever had that I actually enjoyed was a. Uh, his name was Ian, but it was a uh, Hammer Strike, I think, out of Fort Wayne. It was the. Hmm. Guy from the band Zephaniah. I remember them. No, his name was Ian, I think. Ian Bender. He was the bass player. He was a drummer at one point, and then he also played bass. I think he played like their six string bass. Yeah. My my yeah, dude he, uh, my dude drums for he, them. Or did. Sorry. He uh recorded a old band of mine. It was only like 10 bucks an hour. It was like dirt cheap. <laughs> Damn. And, uh, but no, he was a good dude and we had fun up there. But some of the other studios that we went to, I've still never even gotten the finished track back from one guy. And this was back in 2011. I don't think we're ever getting that fucking song. <laughs> Paid him and everything. Yeah. And like, yeah, you usually get what you pay for. I mean, I guess just say like I think some studios charge charge like what two hundred? I don't remember what the fucking rate is anymore. Someone said five hundred a song nowadays. Uh I never That's a that's not bad, but you didn't really have to fucking work. <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah. You'd have yeah. You'd have to have like one song, <laughs> literally. If if that, if that, unless you're doing like a yeah. I don't know. I think it was too hard. The last band that I had, we just did it ourselves. Maybe it was like yeah. I wonder how studios feel about well that's a whole nother debate of how studio feels like i mean a studio is like any kind of like art 
it's an art itself, kind of like artwork. It's like, I could do that better, but no, I could do it at home better than that guy. See, it's like one of those things, like, but I went to, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, but the, I don't think they're, they're not, they're not angry for lack of work. I know a lot of studios get, still get pretty, you know, clients and everything. I know I couldn't do it myself. I, I still suck at recording shit. I just use it for demos, like I keep saying on the podcast, so it's whatever. Have you been asked to record somebody? Yeah. <laughs> no. Sure, sure. I hate being recorded because that's just like you're on the you're on the magnifying glass and it's like ooh. <laughs> I, I've always I've had that anxiety. I fucking hate it and it's that's the whole dark side in itself, like oh uh-huh. Yeah, basically as soon as they hit it that, oops. As soon as they hit the red <laughs> fucking button. That's why I I'll start telling them I'll start playing and I'll have my back turned and then I'll keep playing the damn same thing and then I'll just push it, and then I won't even know. Sometimes that works, or I close my eyes. But yeah, that's that's a whole uh, that I never understand. Yeah. Right. Use a use a metronome, guitar players. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Very true. Very true. So you got any uh, other crazy stories on the line here? I mean, trying to think of like, I know, right? So many countless ones. (laughs) Trying to think of. What is what is the actually? I guess I should say like there's some good ones. Not being a nightmare. What is the coolest band you ever played with? Like as far as like a large band, national act, whatever. He's dying. <laughs> That's cool. I've heard that before. Mm. 
Nice. Sure. I know you ex you explained this to me last time I seen you. Okay, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. My God. That is cool. This. <clears throat> well, and you had to play too, right? Oh. Gross. <laughs> That's gross. Oh, I bet. I bet that felt gross. <laughs> mm. Nice. Like, as in people? As in people, you mean? <laughs> Can't drink. I don't know much about him. I just know the name. Did he, hi did he hide in the bus? a song they played. So I couldn't even tell you what kind of a song they played. You could or could the name? I couldn't. I, uh, I couldn't either. <laughs> I like Creed. Okay, yeah, because that's a band that still like comes around. I know that. So if it's one of those bands, I pretty much will not like them, even if I don't know what they are. They just sound like something I wouldn't like. <laughs> Oh. Oh, Harpers.
Oh, for Hoppos? Damn. Wow, dude. That's a play. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I met him before. Yeah, he is shorter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. I'm at. That is cool. Like, you know, I, I met him like wandering around during like. It was like Mayhem Festival. Yeah. I saw him with a beer and I go. All I had, I gave, man. He's like, what's up, brother? <laughs> and that was it. It was real nice. Just like, oh my gosh, Kirk Winston just wandering around. I mean, he's probably, I think he's like super fucking, you know. He's, he seemed like a chill guy. He didn't probably think he was anything special, you know. But that was nice.
Damn, no. What, was that a venue? Before the other... Before the other one ate them all? <laughs> Ew. Shut up. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he looks short. No, but because he, he definitely has the attitude. <laughs> Is Dave Mustaine short? I thought it was the Napoleon thing. The whole, like, short man syndrome going on. Because you, you know he... Yeah. Yeah. Plus, he's like... He actually works out, so he's got, like, huge arms. <laughs> That's cool. That makes sense to play those nasty guitars he has. <laughs> but we won't get into that. Yeah, there's yeah, there's been like some good experiences of like meeting certain people and then like there's bands and I mean this part of the show is like we like those kind of stories too where it's like not all complete. <laughs> you open up for some asshole band and sometimes we're gonna put some band well some bands on blast, like the national ones, but it doesn't matter. If they were listening, that's that's that'd be incredible. Anyway, <laughs> any uh, they're one of the seven. One of the seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of the seven. I was gonna say like um, actually, I had a question before he said that. Fucking hell. Any uh, cool venues that you never thought you got to play, or that turned out to be awesome, you know. What's the Seagase? What's the Seagase Center? This is in Ohio, right? Toledo, Ohio. Duh. <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard. And like, like the one dude puts together fest. Damn, I can't think of his name. He puts together the metal fest there. We had him on our show. Fuck. Uh, yes, Keith. And then I always think of a. Uh... That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was gonna ask, like, yeah, drink, drink, chug, chug, chug. <laughs> We're gonna wrap this up here in a few minutes. A few minutes. Well, okay, I got a couple more questions. 
It's the, almost 11. It's almost 11. But uh, I was going to ask you, so what would you tell your young self? Like, any advice you'd give your young self? Fair enough. Right. That's like you're describing my whole you're describing my whole life that I should have done too. So yeah, like <laughs> at least it's good advice. So I guess the second question is, what would you tell a young person getting into music? The same thing you think? Yeah. 
Да. Right. I, I guess the takeaway here, since, you know, you have connections and people that know, that means that you're a decent guy to keep in contact with, which is probably the most important thing. You know, that's attitude is everything. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Right. Fuck you, man. Yeah. I, you don't need my secrets. No, not really. Not in these times. It helps. It helps. No, that's that's really that's a good thing to have. Being nice. <laughs> some people forget. Well, shit. I feel like a lot of people forget sometimes. Yeah. What's that? I think a lot of people forget to be nice sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, it's so, it's so easy. You know what I mean? Like, there's a million fucking things in the day that are meant to piss you off. Right. Like, I'm not allowed, I'm not about to let, like, some other band that's on my, on the set be one of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. It's true. Actually, before we let you go, I have one more question, and this is a funny one. One time okay. you posted something hilarious. You're like, well, well, thank you, or. Well, it was nice to meet you too, Mr. Rockstar, and you were making fun of some sort of cover band. I don't know why that post stuck with me. He's <laughs> some guy, some douchebag in some cover band, and he acted like a rock star, and I don't know why I remember that post. <laughs> Fuck. You probably don't remember. I wish it. I remember what it was. Yeah, he said, like, I asked you, like, who the hell is this? He's like, some dude in a cover band thinks he's a rock star. It just makes me laugh. I'm like, I don't know why. I just think of you. I just don't have a whole lot of respect for cover bands. <laughs> 
you know, making, you're making money off of someone else's music that you didn't write. I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, th- there's a dude that we know named Mike Newman, who's in a Van Halen tribute band. And, but like they, like he very much looks like David Lee Roth and like they do the whole get up. They put on a crazy show. I respect that. Well, that's a trip. Um, that's a trip. I still man. feel, yeah. I still feel the same way uh, in part when it's like, just do your own thing. You know what I mean? But like, if you're putting all like the pageantry and all that kind of silly stuff into it, like, I think that's cool. You know what I mean? That's, that's cool. Am I, uh, bummed that you're making like 10 grand a show and I'm making like 40 bucks or something like that. Yes, I am. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but, uh, you know, like, I don't know, but when, when it's other, like, which is cover bands, you know, or when cover bands join like a battle of the bands and they're just doing covers. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? Like fuck out of (laughs) here. Like stuff like that. Um, It's even worse when they fucking win. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like if you want to do a battle of the cover bands, great. You know what I mean? I got no beef with that. You know what I mean? But, like, you can't you can't do that when it's just other bands that do their own They're shit, judging you know? them off crowd reactions and interactions. Like, oh, the crowd were singing along with their music because it's not their fucking music. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, do you have a revocation shirt on? Yes, I do. That's what I thought it was. So, <laughs> I got to tell you. The, the first time I ever saw Revocation, I'd never heard of him. Um, uh-huh. I went to a show at Frankie's in Toledo. And um, and I didn't know who they were. And I remember the drummer was loading his gear on stage. And I don't know if it's the same drummer, but he had a half sleeve of Lopan from Big Trouble in Little China. Nice. <laughs> it was just Lopan nice. on his arm. And I was like, I don't know who this band is, but I know it's going to be fucking awesome. Strictly based off that guy's tattoo. I don't know if it's the and, same drummer. Huh. I thought they have a different yeah, I don't drummer. Know. But dude, that band is the fuck is the shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that guy. I, I just saw him just uh so I think I think maybe in August, I think, or October Dave, or something like Davidson, that. I, just saw him I think it's the only original member. Yeah. The, I mean it's the guitar te- vocals. Yeah, it's technically his band, but yeah, like that guy's fucking crazy good. Fuck that guy. <laughs> He's cool. Um, Didn't he just break his arm you, this past spring? I saw I Did saw him on that stage. Or I saw him on that tour, but he didn't break his arm yet. That was the tour with the fucking tornado and shit. Yeah. So that tornado, or that tour was cursed. Huh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So do you want me to tell you one more funny tour story? One more, and then sure. Yeah. Yeah. One. I, I'll give you one. Sure. Uh, this is Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Ohio. Place called was place is called Oshekis. It's gone now. Uh. Uh. King of Clubs in Columbus is right next door where Oshekis used to be. Um, <clears throat> years ago, we're going to play. We we load into the show, and uh, there's two dudes in the same band, and they're both named Jeff Cox. And they were talking, <laughs> and they were say, they were saying all these like silly like uh, dumb shit, like eating ain't cheating, and all this dumb shit. And I'm like pushing my gear in. And they're like, "Hey, man, you know what are you what are you trying to do tonight?" And you're talking like two of some of the most ugly motherfuckers you've ever seen in a band <laughs> that are thinking that they're just gonna get chicks tonight, right? 
And I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, I'm just, I'm just trying to see if anybody will just show me their butthole tonight. All right. <laughs> so, and I just said it just to be saying it, right? So, <clears throat> um, we we play last that night. So I'm out watching all the bands. They're all friends of ours. Every band between every song, every dead spot, every silent anything. It was me screaming, show me your butthole, right? <laughs> the whole, I'm talking the whole fucking night. Yes. Every little open spot. This is me yelling it. So by the time we go on, uh, we go on, it's like one in the morning, right? We go on and now the entire fucking crowd is yelling it, just fucking screaming it at us. Yes. And uh, <laughs> the guy who used to own it, uh, I think his name was Sam. They had uh, like a copper top bar. that looked like it was like hammered copper. Hmm. We, I remember at one point, we were we got done with the song and I looked up and Sam is standing on top of the bar with his hands on his ass cheeks, pulling his ass open. Oh boy. And just <laughs> shaking his ass on top of the bar while the entire crowd <laughs> is just screaming, Show me your butthole. And uh that night when we got done, we loaded out, and then our buddy Baxter, uh, he was like, he's just like I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen an entire room come together over the words, <laughs> show me your butthole before. <laughs> and uh, that was, I think that was the last time we played there, but holy shit, it was, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I've seen a butthole at, at a show too. Did you? Yeah. Real quick. Like, was, was it nice? It was a, it was a girl. <laughs> it was at Ozfest. Oh, nice. It was at Ozfest. Me and my friend are just hanging out and like, I think the guy mooned. He lifted his shirt and then she just pulled her pants down, like bent over. And the lady behind us like, Jesus. "Oh my fucking god!" I'm like, "I didn't. I wasn't sad." I was like, "Did I see what I saw?" My friend's like, "Yeah, we did." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Anyway, so it's known to happen. Well, it's known to happen. You see some weird shit shows. Oh man, <laughs> uh, bring bring Mayhem Fest back. Whatever. All crazy drunks. I could have seen Butthole at the one show we played at that strip club. Uh, that's well. That was that was expected, but it's always yeah. the random ones that are that make the story. You know, uh, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see any butthole that plays. That was nasty. That was, the, that was B team butthole. That was F team butthole. F team. Well, Ian, I think we're gonna wrap this up, but we do appreciate you All coming right. on here and talking with us yeah. and sharing your stories with us tonight. It's been fun. Yes. I got a, I got a million more stories. So if you ever guys ever want me back, I'll I'll make sure to give you all the <laughs> right. better ones. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we can have you back on here. We've uh, had um, a couple of people come on a couple times, so right. Always spe- ready spe- to our special guest commentator. <laughs> <laughs> Bram. Uh, Ed. <laughs> yes. Make sure you get with me soon, man. So we can do some shows. Yes, I've I've been lazy on booking shit. Well, that reminds me, since I'm on here, we got a show. This is for uh, me. We got a show February 3rd, 4th? Some Saturday, 4th. <laughs> Can't promote uh, your show if you don't know what the day it's, it's on. It's on a Saturday, the the 4th. Let me fucking look at my calendar before we leave. Uh, Where's the 3rd? The 3rd. The 3rd. Oh, the, in, in Mishawaka. 
supposed to promote it for my sake because I'm like, oops, I'm not promoting my own fucking show on my own show. So we're playing in Mishawaka with some bands. But yeah, I've been lazy on the fucking booking shit. I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? But like, we'll figure something out. Yeah. We'll figure something out. Did I, did I ever tell you about that last time we played? Uh, in, uh, in Elkhart or whatever, whatever that place was? It, I I can't remember was it my, what it was called, but that place, Mishawaka. It was in yeah, it was it was one of those yeah. It's like last time we played was Fort Wayne, so I'm just thinking like if you played a show in my town, it's probably Mishawaka or my area. Yeah, okay. I feel like it started with a J, maybe. J. It was in your town though. J, fuck. It's like a big square fucking room. Okay. They had just been bought out by a different. Company and then we're at the different... patio out in the back. You go through the door. It's like a covered patio. I don't know, but we. So <laughs> I'll tell you the thing. that's funny about it is that we we got done and we were like loading our shit out. And uh, I was talking to the, the door guy. He was kind of like a big older guy, long hair. So what's that? Long hair. I feel like it. Yeah, okay. maybe like a beard. Bill. Yeah, nice dude. Okay, but. <laughs> so we're talk- I was talking to him and the sound guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, sorry about whatever." And I was like, "Oh, it's all good, dude." I was like, "You know, I got paid." And I said, "You know, you know, there's always next time." He goes, "Yeah, about that." He's like, "I don't, I don't know if there's going to be a next time." I was like, "Oh, is it the drummer thing?" Okay, I was like, "Why are they shutting down or something like that?" And he goes, "Well, no." He goes, uh, "When you guys started playing, the owner got some lady who was an o- the owner." Okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're So she got real pissed about us playing. And that we played too loud and the drummer was too loud. Yeah. And we played too hard and she doesn't want us back. I remember the story. Yeah, I, yeah like, I guess Cole's dr- snare was so loud. They ended up putting a drum shield in there and then now they sold it again. So now that... You're allowed back, basically, is what I'm saying. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we'll figure out something. Wait. I was, I was like, what the fuck? I'll keep like, in touch. Yeah, I'll I was keep like, in you touch. know, all the bands on the show are like, yeah. <laughs> I'll keep in touch, actually, now that you say that. Like, uh, yeah, you're, 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 you're allowed back. They, they changed owners. <laughs> yeah. They you changed owners. They're now like all ages fucking Saturday shows, which is cool because cool. all the young yeah, people. Yeah, that was, show. that was the first and last. First and only time we ever been uh, blacklisted from somewhere for literally just doing our jobs. So yeah, they 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 were probably trying to. They're a bar that didn't really like metal owners that didn't like metal, so they just wanted to cover bands. But I don't think they could afford to cover bands either, so they got out of the this business. Kind of, kind of related. <laughs> I booked a show in Kokomo once, and I told everyone that they were Christian bands. Cause that was the only way I could get the venue if they knew we were metal <laughs> bands. So the lady was there to listen. The lady was there listening. The first band comes out. I was like, what the fuck's going on, Kokomo? I was like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I never got there to look a, at that. Pl- there's a dude <laughs> who always kept trying to get me to play in Kokomo. And I can't remember what the place is called. But I don't think I've ever been there. A lo- something, some lounge? Used to be something Center like Stage. That might have been it, yeah. That place... It was pretty cool, and then it turned into a front row, and then now it's, I don't think it's anything. 
it oh. sucks because it was a decent venue, but yeah, we've talked about that place before. It's a, uh, it's got its own dark side to it. <laughs> oh man. What a shame. Nice stage. And then you yeah. go in the back and eat fucking mozzarella sticks, man. Some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me on, man. Actually, yep. before we let you go, we got to promote your song and your band, the song you're going to choose. That'll be on the podcast, right. on the streaming. You sent me the Dropbox, and I cl- tried to click it, but there's no actual link on my email. Like, it shows the link, but it's not something clickable on my end. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll figure it out, and I'll resend it to you. Oh, yeah. I said, on my phone it showed up, but, like, in my actual email for the computer to download it, it doesn't let me click it. It just shows, like, all oh. the letters and everything, but it's not an actual link. But it worked on my. I'll try phone. to send it to uh, to Ed or something like that. Maybe like in Messenger, see if okay. it'll work. Word. So with it being know. a WAV file, if you had like an MP3 file, it might be smaller. You can just send it that way. I think that's why it's screwed up because of how big the file is. Okay, I have both. It, my fault. I told him to send WAV. No, it, it doesn't matter because once it gets put together, the when you upload it, they only will allow ninety one ninety two like size they won't let you upload a wave or anything so when i have to upload the audio it's always just a shitty quality mp3 <laughs> technology is lame yeah that's the hosting <laughs> services stuff if it's too much of a size file they won't let you upload it that's why i try to keep things under two two hours still because if it goes too long and the file's too big and then i have to edit shit and make it even worse quality just so it fits in the file size oops guess we should go there <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you again. I think everyone yeah, out there that's not listening anymore, we're going to wrap this one up. So <laughs> we'll catch you on the next one. Yep. Thanks, man. See you guys. See ya.